If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to Newborn Mothers Podcast. Today we've got um, a really exciting episode. I think lots of people are going to be stoked to hear about this. And our overseas listeners are probably going, Julia, what does stoked mean? But um, (laughs) it's a good thing. (laughs) I'm happy to be here today with Mika and Renee. And what we're talking about is they've set up a kind of a doula uh, group, which I'll let you guys explain in your own words, called Fill Your Cup. Um, you are based in two different states. You have a bunch of doulas who are working with you now, uh, as well as a few uh, products as well, cookie mix and dial mix and that sort of thing. So um, both of you are graduates of Newborn Mothers Collective and it's really cool to see they're really different, unique way that you've grown uh, and built your business actually in quite a short amount of time. So Renee and Mika, do you want to introduce yourselves in your own words. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having us. First up, Julia, um, as we're saying, just off air, it's it feels so full circle to kind of be on your podcast, you know. It was, I think, two years ago we were sitting, doing a Zoom class with you, learning about how to become a postpartum doula. So it is absolutely um overwhelming I would say to be on the podcast (laughs) but um as you said we're from fill your cup we're both co-founders um Mika and I first met each other when we were doing our PhDs together at Monash University in biochemistry and you know we were friends in uni but I think what kind of really brought us together was motherhood um I had a rough motherhood (laughs) start I would say and um, learned a lot of things along the way. And it definitely was something that brought the two of us together. Mika had her daughter almost a year to the day after I had my daughter. And we have lived through a lot of trials and tribulations together. And um, I guess in the middle of the pandemic in 2020, we decided that we were going to quit our jobs and people thought we were mad. And we decided that instead of, I guess, whinging about what we saw were the gaps in looking after mothers, we were going to be part of the change. And so we became postpartum doulas through your wonderful course and we started Fill Your Cup, um, which is centralised around our science background. It's all evidence-based. Um, we have a huge passion for food. Mika um, did her PhD in biochemistry but focused on women's health. So we're very, very um, passionate and knowledgeable around prenatal and postpartum nutrition. And that is, I guess, the central um um of our of our business at the moment i'll i'll let mika introduce herself as well <laughs> thank you so much for having us julia julia and um, we're very excited to be here but um yeah i think so renee and i both did your course after having our daughters and me having my first and um it was such an eye-opening course that really we learned so much about you know the changes that happen in a mother's brain and we we're talking about this earlier in terms of like i've got a honours degree in physiology and I'd never heard about the remodelling that goes on in a mum's brain at a physiological level, why it happens and how it can be a good thing. I'd never heard about it in a negative way and I think that's one of our big missions is to, not just for our clients but for any of our followers, is to empower them with information and education. So when you're a new mother, you're very vulnerable, I think, to all the information that comes in, it can be very overwhelming. So we wanted to cut through and go, this is fact, this is evidence. And whether the mother would like to use that information or not is really up to her. There's no judgment. But I think knowing the facts and knowing, you know, what is actually recommended rather than what a celebrity did and what worked for them or what they said worked for them 
is very different. So, and I think just having that information, knowing what's real and feeling empowered from it can really set you up in motherhood, you know, even when they're not babies anymore. Um, so we both have science backgrounds, both got science degrees, we've done honours, we did PhDs in biochemistry. Um, all of my research has been focused on like inflammation in pregnancy, breast cancer research, infertility in terms of like um, genes that regulate ovulation and embryo implantation. I won't go into that anymore, but we are true and true science nerds. And um, <laughs> I think one of the skills Renee and I both have is that we like to understand, digest, interpret scientific information and then explain it in a very everyday language, a lay language that's very conversational and people can understand because Google Scholar is available to everyone but I would never ask a newborn mother to go and research something. That's something that we do and then bring them the information in a way that's really digestible and they can understand it and go, oh, I didn't know that. And science on the other side of it, scientists want that as well. That's the whole reason they're doing the research. So we're sort of trying to connect both sides and get a maximum effect for everyone. Um, that's a little bit of an overview on us. Mm. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, I vaguely knew your backgrounds, but that's... Um... That's super interesting to me to hear like kind of where you were before and, and where you came from. Why I'm curious about then your next steps and choices. Why did you decide not to just individually start your own business? Why did you choose to start this as a as a kind of a group and something a bit bigger? And even you both live in different states, so it's, um, you know, mm. it's quite a lot bigger than just the two of you. Well, we were both living in Melbourne when we first kind of conceived of the idea of fill your cup but I I guess from both of our perspectives we kind of we wanted to practice what we preached and what we wanted is to not do it alone we were kind of you know we talked to our mothers and we're all about build your village and don't do things alone because everyone knows that it is so much easier to do things when you're in a group Mika and I both have strengths and weaknesses and we play off those really, really well. And I said to her, you know, this is a really big plunge for me. I moved out of science and I was actually um, an attorney at that stage and I had always been working as part of a team. You know, when we were in a science lab, we were always working as part of a team. It wasn't, I never wanted to do it by myself. So I thought, well, why not why not do it with your best friend and i think we it was very very difficult to do in the beginning because as people would know being in melbourne we were restricted in the amount of time that we were allowed to leave our house as well as the distance that we were allowed to travel and i think there was a handful of times that we actually met face to face and had strategy meetings in you know, Mika's house and while our kids were kind of at childcare or, or whatever it was. But the majority of the time it was us doing Zoom meetings like this and on whiteboards and post-it notes on walls and things like that. Like the, the products that we just launched this year have been two years in the making and literally <laughs> um, we were crafting um, recipes and making them at our own houses and then we would make a dry mix which is where the cookie dry mix came from right so the dry mix was us making the mix I would like do one version at my house I would make it I would do like a video and I'd record myself doing like almost like a food review and I'd be like oh this is really crumbly and I think we should do this and I think we should add that blah 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 I would send the dry mix to Mika's house via the mail and then she would like add things to it at her house. She would make them. And that is how these products started um, back in 2020. Um, so I it was. Say, sorry. <laughs> How lovely to get it in the mail. The ease, like even with the dowel mix, she'd send me the dowel mixes. And I'd, you know, even add my own lentils at home. And now it all comes as one. But I would get the dowel mix, the spices, put it in, add the lentils, and then dinner would be done. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to put my hand up and say, I'm sorry because I am the reason these products didn't come out two years ago because I <laughs> and had a second baby and we just didn't have time to launch them as well as start the business, grow the business, do the client side of the business yeah. and 
the podcast side of the business and all the work that goes into running a small business. So the product got put on hold, but that's that's me going back for another bubble. But, but I think that's a really good point for listeners to know that when you start a business, you don't start 10 things at once. You choose one thing and then you add another thing and then you add yeah. another thing. So people look at me now, I've written books, I've got a podcast, I've got a blog, I've got multiple courses, a membership group. Mm. I've been doing this for nearly 15 years. I didn't yeah. start out on day one going, you know, how do I do all of this at once right now? Yeah. Oh, we look, Julia, we kind of did. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think our tactic was um, was learn fast, fail fast. So we launched... Well, we launched the business first to do in-home services and then I think probably a couple of months later we launched the podcast and we also were doing a meal delivery service as well um, just within Melbourne. But again, Are you still doing meal no, delivery? When, no, we're not. Um, so that's a great example of failing fast. You just yeah, yeah, try well, it all out and let, let someone go. Exactly, like- yeah. You know, in the last couple of years, Melbourne's been through the pandemic and we've just had to pivot the business so that it works for us and also what the client demands are um, as well. So, uh, yeah, the Fill Your Freezer meal delivery, uh, I think was the first big one going around in Melbourne in terms of meat-based. Um, so that was huge, a huge undertaking, but now it's just that's not something that it's so much more work than you actually realise, to be honest yeah. with you. And there's some great doulas doing such a good job of that now. Yes, um, yes, I also think everything else. The, the challenge for a very small, like a micro business with doing any kind of meal delivery is you are competing with huge multinational businesses. I oh, mean, these yeah. days there's so many really big players in that market that you've got to get up to scale and you've got to offer something quite unique. So it's not that you can't do it, but it's not something you would do alongside your three other business offerings, you know. Oh, 100%. And that was the thing, like being in lockdown as well, we were kind of thinking, do we expand this? Do we bring people on? How are we going to do this? You can't interview people, you know, you can't like go for site visits and look at commercial kitchens and, and things like that. It would just became very, very difficult. And so we we parked it um, and just thought this is not a never. This is just we're going to put this on the burner and see what happens next. But what it did, though, was that it informed us as to, I guess, the requirements food tech, health safety, things like that for our products that we launched this year. So it kind of, it was a springboard. We didn't have to learn as much um, this year when we were when we were launching our products. So that was, I, I wouldn't say, you know, it was a lost cause. We we did. Everything we do, we learn. And I, I, I we have a, quite a number of um, doulas reach out to us on social media or email or something like that and just, people who would like a little bit of mentoring and how would you, how'd you do this and how did you start and things like that. We're very, very happy to kind of have those discussions with people offline. But my number one thing to people, I, I tell them it's okay to fail. It's okay. Just, you know, learn, just learn something from those mistakes. And when you are starting out, you have the greatest opportunity to try so many different things and it's advantageous for people to not know that much about you because you can fail and it's not going to be like this epic thing on the front page of you know the age or something like you know if Zoe Foster Blake failed with her go-to skincare for whatever reason it was that would be front page news like when you're starting out as a doula Fail, fail, fail. Like do it. Do it all and fail quickly. That that's like my number one piece of advice to everyone. But can I just add in there? Because in term I remember reading an article that she wrote recently about an audio book, Breakup Boss. And she said this has been like 10 years in the making. Like she wanted to do it when she was a journalist and then she jumped into making the skincare range. It was put on hold. And then she went to do it again and then something came up. And so I think that's like us with the dry mixes now, like it's so hard when you're really passionate and you want to get all these things off the ground, but you do have to make, you know, sacrifices in business and personal life to make things work. And it's a juggle and we are still young-ish and we've got time to do it all. Um, Speak for yourself, Mika. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I think also like, you know, 
our meal delivery, we had such great feedback on, but now mm. with the dry packet mix, it's, we're hoping it actually reaches a wider audience because yeah. it's a lower price point. You have to make it at home yourself, but it's so easy. The nutrition's there. You know, it's not just if you add water, but there's powdered bone broth in there. Like it's like, you know, mums can afford it more. It's easier. You don't have to use it straight away. Like there's lots of benefits. So we're trying to, yeah, I think pivoting and just as a new business, it's been very exciting. Um trying things out and we have talked about bringing back the meal delivery service but I think as doulas doing in-home clients and working with mums we you can't you can't do it half half you've got to be in it you've got to be ready to care for them in the way that they need and deserve so we just we're doing what we can do in our capacity at the moment yeah yeah I just want to jump back a little bit Mika to what you said earlier um, I was I've been doing quite a lot of research lately into um, uh, small businesses owned by women and why they fail. And there's a number of reasons, but one of the surprising, well, not surprising reasons really, if you think about it, but uh, is actually their personal lives. A lot of the times when things come up in a woman's personal life, she has to let the business go. Um, and there's a thousand things that happen at home for women that mean that they just have to make that choice at certain times. So again, your whole business doesn't have to fail, but you might say, look, just right now, this particular offering isn't going to suit me and my family's needs. I'm going to pivot to try this. And then later on, it might be appropriate for me to go back to that, or I might decide that actually that wasn't right for me at all anyway. So I think it's really important to have that flexibility and, and to know that like, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to try things out. Um, and it's it's not a tattoo is one of my favourite sayings that I use um, a lot. You just just give it a go and see what works. But, you, but what you have landed on, which I think is really interesting to a lot of people listening, um, is this idea of having a doula village. You have now, how many doulas do you have on your books now in two different states? So, so there's seven how did that total. happen? <laughs> well, it happened by accident, really. Um, yeah. So I think <laughs> it was um, probably June or July 2021, so last year. Um, so Mika was on maternity leave just for context with her second bubs and I was um, running the business and I, I decided that I wanted to move away from Melbourne and that we were going to um, pick up our family and we were going to move to Tasmania because my um, my husband's family is in Tasmania and I, my, I, I guess collectively for our family, you know, our mental health just, I was done. You know, it was the second year in a row I had to cancel my daughter's birthday party and I just had had enough of um, the lockdowns. And so we moved and it was a very difficult decision to make. I had um, clients that were already booked for later in the year and it was quite, um, it happened very quickly because I had planned to leave in November, finish up with clients and leave in November. But what ended up happening was that the Tasmanian um, government announced that if the numbers continued to rise in terms of COVID cases in Victoria, specifically Melbourne, the way that they were in Sydney, that they were going to close the borders um, permanently. And that was regardless as to whether you owned a house, had purchased a house, anything, they were going to shut the borders. And we, we were one of those crazy people who bought a house off the internet um in Tasmania and I had my mother-in-law walk through there on FaceTime that is how desperate we were to leave um and so I once I found that out I packed up my family and we moved in two weeks and that was a really hard decision to make for a number of personal business decisions and um I thought to myself, my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with Fill Your Cup? Because um, we had both agreed that Mika was having 12 months off, which she absolutely deserved to have, to have that time and connection with her new baby and her family. But, you know, there was no more clients in Melbourne that I could service. We didn't have anyone else. And we continued to get inquiries and inquiries and inquiries 
And I just said to Mika, we're going to have to hire someone else for Melbourne because we wanted to make sure that we continued to have a foothold in the market because we needed to make sure that when Mika was ready to come back from maternity leave, that there was still a business there for her to be able to work in. And so we decided that we were just going to put the word out. And I think, I think we put something on Instagram, Mika, is that right? Instagram and maybe even the Doula Network Australia Facebook page or something and just said, who wants to come join the FYC village? <laughs> you know, like I'd never hired anyone before in my life. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but what we did know is that we needed people who aligned with the values of our business, which was around, um, you know, education and empowering women. And um, because we're very evidence-based um, we needed people to be able to kind of align with that messaging as well. And so it was literally done on the fly and we were learning as we went. Um, and we found we were only going to hire one person, right, Mika? It was just one. And then we had two very amazing people who kind of came through the interview process. And I said, I'm not choosing between the two of them. We're having both, <laughs> you know, and, and that was um, Amanda and Caitlin. And um, they have just been amazing additions to the Doula Village. They're just such wonderful women. And we're so, we're so proud of them. And then it got really, really busy. Um, because that we just continued to get inquiry after inquiry after inquiry. And I think it was only two or three months later that I said, we're going to have to hire again. So we put the word out again and we were only going to do again. We were only going to have one more. And I, again, we had two amazing women come through and I said, I'm not, I'm not choosing between the two of them. <laughs> we're having them both. <laughs> so that was Samara and Georgie. And um it's it's actually really interesting so uh, amanda in particular she's got a lot of experience she's both a birth and postpartum doula um so you know she's probably the most senior doula out of the team and this is probably getting quite personal but we had like chats with all the girls mid-year about you know where we're at and where we're going and i <laughs> I broke down in tears when I was talking to Amanda and I, at the time, I just was like, why am I so emotional about this? And I took a moment and I, I said to her, I've, I understand why I'm so, so emotional about talking to you. And she said, why? And I said, because, because you have created an opportunity for me and my family to move to a new state and for me to be able to still have the dream that I wanted for this business, you know, the business is still going because of you wonderful women, you know, it, I didn't want to put it on hold. It was such a huge decision for me to leave the state. And I felt like I was letting so many people down but to have them come on board and to have them in the village and I was just like, I'm just so thankful to have them and I'm so proud of every single one of those girls because they have helped us shape the business to what it is now. They all provide wonderful feedback and suggestions and, you know, I think we were kind of touching on this offline, Julia, and it's not an agency. It really is a village here. You know, we do extra training with all the women. We provide um, a mental health expert every other month to come in and work with us all and do debriefs with us and give us language and education around how to help our families um, personally and also our FYC families because we take on so much, you know, as, as birth workers. And so... They're just 
such wonderful women. We're just so proud to work with them. So proud. Loving this podcast? Check out our books at newbornmothers.com. Nourishing Newborn Mothers is a recipe book to nourish your mind, body and soul after childbirth. And my second book, Newborn Mothers, was a bestseller. I know, I can't believe it either. It's about baby brain, village building and how to find happiness in 21st century parenting. You can get the first chapter free of both books at newbornmothers.com slash books. It's so lovely being part of a village because you do have that support in terms of, you know, even just on a conversational level or catching up, you know, for drinks and dinners or with our kids, you know, in Melbourne. Um, it's just like everything when Renee said about the business and her moving away and me being at home with bubs. It's, you know, we couldn't do it all. We didn't want to do it on our, on our own. We couldn't do it all. So we did what you're supposed to do. Ask for help, put your hand up, reach out, lean into the village. And that's like that's what we try and do every single time we have that experience or come into it. And the team's been amazing. And like they have said, they love being part of this village because it's so lonely working on your own as a doula. Like often after you see a client, you might need to debrief or you might need, you know, just something. And they didn't have that when they were on their own. And now they're part of this and the connections. And we're just, yeah, we are. We're all learning from each other and supporting each other um, as women, as mothers, as doulas. Um, and it is, it's quite an incredible thing that we've created and we are all part of. Um, we've always said these women work with us, um, which has been great and it's been such a learning experience for us, but they have made it very easy as well because they've all been wonderful and they're so loved by our clients. And, mm. um, yeah, I'm wrapped that this is how it's all shaped and gone and even though we miss you, Renee, down there, <laughs> but, um, definitely was the right move for you and your family. And yeah. And look what's happened. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you back from maternity leave now, Mika? Yeah, I am. So I'm out seeing clients and doing in-home sessions, which is good, and then all the other bits and pieces that go with a small business, um, which has been good. So, but, it, you know, it definitely was nice to have. It's very hard to take time off when there is a business there, especially a starting business. And I think, like Renee said, that's something I've had to lean into her and, and sacrifice and put my hand up and say, I can't do this. Or I thought I could come back earlier and I start and I'm, I can't do this. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not, you know, that personally been very challenging to have to admit, not shortcomings, admit where I have to stop for myself. Because I think in my previous career as a researcher, you just, and you know, I didn't have kids, you just worked. You worked long hours, you worked to get the funding and you you didn't stop working till you got it. Like there was no, you wouldn't lean into a village, you wouldn't ask for help, you wouldn't say this is affecting my mental or physical health, I don't enjoy this. You just did it. And when I became a mother the first time, you know, I didn't want to go back to research because it was so competitive and cutthroat and there's lots of, you know, lovely things about research but it didn't align with how I felt after having children um, or at least my, my first bub. Um, so, yeah, it's, oh, it's um, that's been a really big learning experience for me and just going, that's okay, I'm struggling, I need to take a step back. Even though it's my own business and there's so much responsibility, I think Renee and I have really leaned into each other and talked about everything um, and been supportive and like put products on hold and so many other things on hold and pivoted um, because, you know, right now my capacity is low. I've got two little kids, you know, they're both you know, four and two almost or one and a half and I want to be with them. I want to spend time with them and I want to run a, start a business. Um, in the future I'll have more time to do it all. But, yeah, I think being gentle and kind to myself was really important and I'm still, you know, still doing that and that's what I tell our new mums as well you don't have to do it all do find what works for you yeah and it, it's something we talk about so much in newborn mothers collective isn't it practicing what you preach that you can't go and look after another mum and and tell her you should be building your village and you should be asking for help and like what are you actually doing about that as a professional so I think it's a beautiful story. One thing I think it's really interesting is usually when my students come to me and say, I'm thinking of joining a partnership, uh, starting a partnership rather than starting out on my own, 
one of the main reasons I advise them against doing that is because usually what happens is two people want to work together and neither of them have any drive to run a business and they're both hoping the other one will do that bit. Um, and so both of them want to just be a doula and both of them are like, oh, if we do it together, it'll be easier. But actually neither of them have that skill set of like, <laughs> how do you build a website? How do you do marketing? How, what about bookkeeping? Um how, how you've obviously nailed that. How do you get so many clients and, um, you know, like what is different about your partnership and then growing from there that's actually made that work? Uh, okay. <laughs> I might take this one again. <laughs> my my answer is very short. I was going to say we have Renee. <laughs> yes. And Renee, and you've run businesses before. I think I that's have. an interesting thing for people to know. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to start off with this is not my first radio. Um, so I I also have a business with my husband. So I've been doing that since 2009 and I was effectively the admin social media marketing person for that, you know, till my baby arrived in 2017. So I've been doing that for a while. Um, and I guess as an attorney as well, i did a lot of client engagement, business development and, um, you know, client management for very big portfolios. So I have the expertise and the experience for that. What I didn't have was I'd never built a website before and I just watched a lot of YouTube videos. It's a beautiful to... website. If anyone Thank wants you. to go and look at it, we'll put the link in the show notes. But Thank you've done you. very well for someone who's never built a website. Um, yeah, but I literally just, you know, it's all self-taught and I, um, I'm, I, I guess as a researcher, I've, I've got that passion for research, whether it be science, whether it be mother care, whether it be, how to build a website, whether it be marketing or, or something like that. One book that I, or two books actually, I'm going to highly recommend people um, get into is um, This Is Marketing by Seth Godin is the first book that I read um, that didn't have anything to do with mother care and, you know, the first 40 days and things like that. And the other one was um, Passion, Purpose, Profit, I think it is. I think it's that order, but it's by Fiona Kalaki. So she's an Australian um, business and marketing coach and it was my dream to work with her after listening to lots of her podcasts and being on her email list for quite some time and we finally got the opportunity to work with her this year, which I can just say if you're going to invest in anything, speak to Fiona. Like she is dynamite and has just I guess opened our eyes to different ways of thinking about what marketing and, and um, business strategy and things like that are so um, they're my top two books that I kind of lean into um, in terms of marketing I love that. Sorry, and I just have to stop you because you mentioned Seth Godin. When I said earlier, this is not a tattoo, that's one of Seth Godin's yeah. uh, sayings. <laughs> Did you see me nodding my head when I'm like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, and I, I think the other thing is, and I say this to Mika all the time because she probably thinks I'm mad, but I love running the business. Like I, <laughs> I really, really love it. And when I talk to the girls in our doula village that, you know, the number one thing that kind of props up is, oh, God, I don't like the admin or I don't know how to do this and oh, I'm just not interested in that part of the business. I just want to be a doula. And I'm like, that's where we come in. You know, I do all the admin. I do all the, um, you know, client inquiries up until you know, the introductions with with the doulas and I'm still doing all the admin behind the scenes and the emails every week because we have a weekly village email to all of our email subscribers and all that kind of stuff. I love that part of the business. If I didn't love it, then I think we would we would really struggle. Um, so that's what I mean, you know, we, we just play to our strengths 
Um, in terms of contracts as well, like the legal side of things, which is yeah. super complex and I had no idea about. Renee helps with copyright and contracts and all the legal issues. And, you know, I think with one of our other girls, one of our doulas in the doula village was looking at her contract, you know, and just going, no, yes, no, yes, like providing that support for her and, you know, on her own thing, um, that's such a wonderful skill because I think most doulas do want to just go out and do the job and there's so much work around it and, you know, you don't want to get caught out. You've got to do things by the book. Um, and, yeah, it's really important. So Renee's skill set has been perfect and she's such a wonderful um, front face of the business. Like that's the two things we get feedback on all the time um, is that the admin side of it was so professional and so quick um, and then the food. <laughs> They're the two things that come back yeah. time and time and time again is the, the admin side, the support was amazing and the food was amazing. So, Do you provide the recipes and everything? Is that part of what you train your team to do? They offer kind of like a standard menu? Yeah, so we, yeah, we develop um, recipes for main meals and snacks for our in-home sessions with our mums and we do them they're all nutritionally based and we basically just pack in as many things as a post -mum, postpartum mum and needs into them um, so like I said before we don't just add water we add bone broth or veggie broth or whatever it is at every level of collagen powder we maximize nutrition um, but we do get our make our own recipes and we share that with our dual village of course so they can go in home and cook um, for the mums, that's a really big thing to us because there is a real mixed, um, you know, different doulas provide different food in home, but we know the benefits of um, a highly nutritious diet postpartum and also, you know, you want something delicious and comforting as well. So that's something we definitely pride ourselves on. We've worked very hard on the recipes. We are adding new recipes at times. Uh, the cookies since 2020 within home clients have been People are, like, addicted. Yeah. And we, like, <laughs> I'm going to have to order some for myself even though I'm not having any more babies. <laughs> oh, people, people still are. Like, it's crazy. I Years always, later. <laughs> the two, I mean, you know, Mick has had her, her second, but my daughter's five now and I consistently have a bag of those cookies in my fridge or freezer or whatever it is all the time and people are like oh what's that and I'm like oh they're our chop goji you know cookies do you want to try one they're like oh are they lactation cookies though and I'm like yeah but don't worry like it's fine <laughs> yeah they're highly nutritious as well trust me and people are just like that's when we knew, like when we first developed the recipe in 2020 and we started cooking them for in-home clients. And interestingly, like the first um, in-home client I ever interviewed for, I, I made a fresh batch of cookies and I took two with me and like, you know, this beautiful bag and everything. And I was sitting there and talking to her and, you know, she was eating the cookies while I was chatting with her and and I was like, okay, so, um, you know, do you have any other questions? She's, <laughs> she said to me, she's like, I don't have any other questions. If this is what you're making every week, I don't care if you're an axe murderer, I'm hiring you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, these, the, like, these cookies are just dynamite. Like, this is going to be our number one thing. Um, it's like, that's now your signature recipe. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have opted for our slogan is the perfect 3 a.m. snack. We thought the axe murder thing might be a bit weird. off, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I have a packet in the fridge or freezer to go to, it's that literally is that one-handed snack I'm yeah. looking for because I think one of the things I love the most about them is they are really high in protein. So it's mm. not like, you know, some cookies in general, you know, sugar spike come down. They sustain you. You can have two at brekkie time if you haven't had time to actually have breakfast or crumble them over your grunt like cereal. They just, they taste delicious and they're really good for you. So yeah. for us. They're not just like a calorie bomb. No, they're <laughs> delicious and nutritious. And that's like, that's getting those two things together. We are so passionate about Um and I love them actually. Um, I don't have any at the moment and I wanted to have a snack pre-podcast. <laughs> And I miss <laughs> not just for breastfeeding women, then just for anyone who needs a high protein snack to just get you through the afternoon or just sit and have mm. with a cup of tea. Um, but yes, that's all my friends. You bring the cookies when I see them. I'll have some dry mix there. Once you taste them, you'll know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going to. I'm going to order some right after this. <laughs> 
Oh, that's so hilarious. Not yeah. axe murders. <laughs> <laughs> Just researchers, crazy researchers. I love it. Um, my last question is really like how does that business model work out? Because um, we I've interviewed someone who's started an agency previously and we talked about a whole different range of models. Um, so how does yours work? What, you know, what are, what does it kind of cost and what do people get out of it and, and why would you want to go through a kind of a group rather than just hiring you to do the one-on-one? Mm, yeah, good point. So when we when we were pivoting and we were thinking of hiring people, again, it comes back to we were trying to work out how how to actually tackle this, you know. Is it like a one-off fee? Like how does it work? Is it a subscription-based model? Or like how is this actually going to work? But what we decided was that, um, it, you know, it's kind of we went with almost like a subcontractor um, business model. And so um, al- although there has been some recent court cases that I think if people um, you know, took our model to court, it would probably be, you know, deemed as like an employee-based kind of model um, now. But what was the number one thing that was important for us is that we were going to be paying our dollars superannuation. They're a subcontractor with superannuation. Correct. Which a lot of people don't do. And I think also... Um, a lot of women in business who have their own business are not putting money aside for superannuation. And that's something that was incredibly important for us to um, to make sure that was very clear to the girls when they were coming on board. Um, and also it works out that because we have packages um, at Fill Your Cup, so it's either a single session or it's, you know, six um postpartum sessions or 10 postpartum sessions, um, the doula will receive a percentage from each of those kind of packages that are that are sold um, as well as superannuation on top. And that in is kind of based loosely off, well, not loosely, it is based off an hourly fee that we all determined and everyone gets paid the exact same rate. But we're very transparent with everything that runs in the business. Um, and that includes so their travel. Yeah. Well. Like they're wrapped. When we told them we're paying them that fee plus super and they were like. It's probably any- more than they've ever earned trying to do that all themselves because I think what people don't realise yeah. is that when you run a business like this, you spend about half of your time doing marketing, admin, yeah. inquiries, bookkeeping, contracts. There's so much of that stuff that if you're doing all of that for them and then paying them an hourly fee plus super, they're actually getting a good deal. Yeah, and it includes like travel time, um, shopping. So we we you know we have a certain amount of time for shopping for the ingredients because we want them to be you know fresh and all that kind of stuff. So we think our model is really fair. Um, we know that we've got great feedback from all the women in our village that they love working with us because we do take that load off them in terms of. As you said, Julia, there's no admin, there's nothing like that. The other thing is, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we have those monthly chats um, that we're all connecting with one another. We're providing debrief opportunities for everyone. We pay for for, um, a mental health expert to come into the village ourselves and, you know, talk with everyone and provide that opportunity for a debrief and and the education and language that we can be using in our in-home sessions. Um, And so the plan is to continue with that training and opportunity to nurture our own village because if we look after our village, they can look after the rest of the other villages. It's, It's a ripple effect. You know, if we look after them, we, they look after the clients. It's really, really, to me, it's it's simple because um, there's one thing that I learned from my time in law is that if you look after your employees, they will look after your clients. Don't worry about the clients, okay, because it will be fine if if your immediate village is taken care of. And even just like our general, you know, WhatsApp chats is always a- <laughs> questions there's resources like shared knowledge in there but I think one of the advantages of having the doula 
village is that when a client comes in, like Renee is so good at interviewing the client and determining what the client needs, even if she can't articulate it herself because she is an exhausted newborn mother, and matching her with a doula that's going to be a really great fit for her because that's, that is really important. I think you know, more than making money and selling a package is the mum's got to be so comfortable with who's coming to her house and who's caring for her. And by having, you know, all of these doulas available and they've all got, you know, obviously our extra training and their own training, but they've got individual, you know, specialities that they can bring as well. But if there's something that they need help with or they ask, you know, we've got the resources, we've got, you know, people they could refer to or, you know, the evidence-based information that they need. There's just support. Yes, so they're getting more than just that one doula. Yes, they are. Absolutely. That one doula can go back to the group and say, I haven't got a really good referral for this or does yeah. anyone have some up-to-date information on that? Yeah. And there will be someone else who yeah. who has that knowledge or, yeah. And I think the the other thing that really distinguishes us in the market, Julia, is the continuity of care because particularly with COVID, if someone, if one of the doulas was unwell and they just weren't able to make it to those sessions that they booked, the client knows that there's a doula village. You know, there's most likely going to be someone who can step in at that point and still provide that continuity of care. And when you're working alone as a doula, you're not able to provide that. So it's, that can be really hard. Yeah, it's incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult. So that's another advantage. And, you know, if one of us is sick, you know, someone's sending a meal to their house or like just stuff like that, like it really you know, is I, a village. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah I, I Oh, you go, Mika. I was just going to say, you know, and even taking it one step further, Renee's daughter is one year older than my daughter. She gives us, to this day, all of the clothes she hands down. She just sent me a <laughs> yeah. from Tassie of clothes. And that it's, it's actually one of the most beautiful things that has happened in motherhood because it's such a – there's so many levels to it. I won't go into it, but it's a beautiful thing to get. And now I pass a lot of that on to one of our other doulas who's got a daughter even younger than us. And, like, it's just such a lovely thing to do because I know how nice it is to receive that support in that form. So it's mm. – Renee said it from the start and it's true. Like, these women are family. Like, it's a village. It's a family. This is not come in, do your job. You know, it's really checking in. How are you? We have some jewels that need time off with sick kids. That's fine. You do you. There's so much support. If you can make it to the meetings, great. Like, it's just – I'm I'm so proud of what we have created and it's the fact that the women enjoy it and that the mothers are being so well looked after. It's, you know, it's working well and, you know, we do hope that it's something that can hopefully benefit more and more um, people in the future. But it's, yeah. I love it. You know, when I started out as a doula, it was probably about 2009 and, um, there wasn't anyone else in my town who was working as a postpartum doula at the time. And whenever uh, I was sick, it was a really stressful thing because I was like, if I can't come, I'm actually letting this mum down. There's no one else I can call to be there. And I would push myself a bit too hard and also possibly do things that were a little ethically dubious because I was like, you know, I do have a little bit of a cold, but you know, like what's the alternative? I'm not going to show up for this mum today. Like it was really, it put me in a lot of difficult situations. Um, it's And it's actually why I started training people um, because there was no local training available. And, and people were asking me, how do I do what you do? And I'm like, well, I studied overseas and I studied online and I pulled bits and pieces together and figured it out on my own. Uh, and that's how I ended up training. But that's interesting for you guys as well. That it was sort of an accident that you ended up starting this group, but you never know when you start your business what the thing is that's going to stick. So, you know, just go go for all those random little opportunities that come out, try something new, be open to different possibilities. And um, yeah, I think you guys have been such an amazing example of that. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap up there, but do you want to leave any closing thoughts and and also let people know where they can find out about you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, In terms of closing thoughts, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, I think I'll come back to my comment. You know, if 
if a new doula is listening, you know, fail. Learn how to be comfortable with failing because when you start to lean into that, you are going to learn so much and um, and it's okay. It's okay to fail. Like we are our own worst enemy. Um, and so, you know, when you start to lean into that comfort zone of, of being able to fail over and over and learn from those mistakes, um, you'll just become a better businesswoman and a better doula for it, I think. Um did you want to say anything, Mika, before yeah, I? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so I think coming back to, you know, owning my limitations in terms of, you know, when I had my second and running the business and being able to put my hand up and say for once, I actually can't do it all or I don't want to do it all. And even what you were just explaining then, Julia, with being sick, we've all had that feeling. And as women, I think we particularly don't want to let anyone down. So I think... We practice what we preach. You know, you cannot pour from an empty cup. So it is looking after you so you can, you've got to fill your cup. Your self-care has got to be there. So we look after our doers so well. So that's my, I'm still learning that and I still need to go. When something's not right, I look back and go, okay, I'm not looking after me. I'm not saying no, I'm not, my self-care needs to be upped. Um, that's a huge takeaway. And that's what we try and teach our mums too. So, and it really is, it is, fill your cup is, you know, it stands for. So, um, but yes, that's my final comments. So that's a great segue. It. Thank you, Mika. <laughs> so go visit. I fill your cup. At oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so our website is ifillyourcup.com and all of our products and services um, are on there, um, including our delicious cookie mix and dowel mix and our um, postpartum recovery sits. And then if you want to, um, I guess, slide into our DMs over on Instagram, we're at fillyourcup underscore. So happy to chat with any um, doulas about any questions or anything like that um, that they might have. So, yeah, always open for a chat. And new mums too, feel free to reach out and, yeah, get in touch. If you're looking for a doula in Melbourne, then... Go and visit where, where your gals. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. I'm so happy to hear from you. And there's so much more we could talk about. So I think we might have to have you back on the podcast again and um, keep learning more. As you're learning more, we can share it uh, with our listeners as well. So thanks so much for your generosity, Mika and Renee. Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.